Welcome to a Story Arcs miniseries. This is a podcast where I develop the fable of Malachi with the help of my illustrator, Sarah, and you, the audience, in the Fey Realms universe. I am Trevor Sutton. Let's create! Welcome to the second episode of The Fable of Malachi. Fable of Malachi! We are going to be discussing uh, Corruption, The Fable of Malachi, the second poem called Corruption, and it details... Uh, the the beginning, well, the corruption of Malachi as he turns against everything he knows and or thought he knew. That's right, that's right. So here we go. Without any further ado, Corruption. The darkness it grew, it festered inside. Smoldering hatred enveloped his eyes. He had lost good men, how could his king laugh? Soldiers forgotten as time quickly passed. He'd honor his men, their lives weren't a tool. He would do better, Oberon's a fool. He wanted the throne and the king's demise. He took it with force, usurped him with lies. Kingdom divided, the coup nearly done, but Oberon rose from death he had won. He gathered his troops, he took back his throne, but what was the price? This cut won't be sown. Hey. Thanks, thanks. All right, let's talk about this poem, shall we? Yes. Okay, so, excuse me. Oh, sorry, I was just going to start it off. There's several points I want to go over, and let's try to do this sequentially, but I'm sure we'll jump around. Yes. So remember we talked last time about how when... Um, Malachi was fighting Tatiana as a raven and she scratched him and she kind of like in a last ditch effort of just like anger and fear and blah, 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 blah. She kind of passed on to him this corrupting force through that scratch. Right. Um, there's imagery that I have already started, um, that I'm not sure if I posted it up, but if it's not up there, I will, I will make sure it's available on our Facebook and our Twitter, but there's essentially an image, um, and it's a silhouette of Malachi as this, Darkness passes through the scars in his face and goes down to his heart as it drips with blackness, which um, I may I may illustrate further, but I really liked that. So that first line really does a good job. This is the darkness that grew. It festered inside. And that imagery is just awesome to me. Festering darkness. And that's and it is it is it's not it's not just like a feeling or an emotion it's a it's it's a thing that was put in there it wasn't it's almost a poison or whatever right 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 well I mean I, I really like the idea because like Oberon's placed a cursed and he's erased Malachi's memories and kind of and Malachi had a connection with Oberon before there was loyalty and trust and brotherhood there but Oberon did this thing to where he removed Tatiana from his Malachi's sister and overtook the kingdom and essentially wiped everyone's minds so i i have a i like this idea of malachi deep down kind of knowing that something is missing or wrong and there being a little bit of kind of not not hatred but just wrongness already sitting there and this addition from tatiana which could have been um a way you know maybe through through love and forgiveness and kind of stuff maybe would have helped break that hold that oberon had on him but due to her own anger of betrayal, because she doesn't know that Malachi doesn't remember. She just thinks that her own brother turned on her. Yes. And is, and she's having to fight him. And even then she couldn't kill him. But all of those feelings and emotions of what's happened to her probably come flooding through in the last little bit of magic that she possesses as she thinks she's about to die. Yeah. And so that goes in and mingles with those un- that undercurrent of feeling that Malachi has. And it, it gets turned into something so much worse. 
it's just a combination of of all these bad things um, culminating inside and festering. Festering is a perfect word for it. Just kind of slowly bubbling up and taking over. There's no release for it. There's no way for him to get rid of this stuff. It, it was there in him a little bit, and then it got put in there more, and then his experiences are making it worse. Yeah. And it's yeah. just. And on top of that, in fact, as we get in, as we get into the next line, Oberon's thinking about this from his point of view. He's going, "Okay, we fought this war, we won, and I did what I wanted. Now let's get my buddy and my party back on." Yeah. It just return to how things were before. Nothing has really changed. Yeah, he's not taking into consideration what had just happened because he didn't really experience it. Yeah. And I I, I mean, I I do like a little bit this kind of reference. Um, and let me know if this is too too political or whatever. I kind of like this reference to like soldiers returning and having hardcore PTSD and people just not treating it. They just think that things can go back to normal after these people have been through these traumatic things and they don't, they don't give them. In a lot of cases you can't, uh, the soldiers know you can't sit there and discuss those things with people who haven't experienced it. Cause you're not going to get exactly. the reactions you want. You're not going to get the right. understanding you want. And most of the times it's not that they, they don't want things to return to normal. You can't. It just isn't, yeah. No, yeah. and I think it's just one of those things that providing support to people in a way, <clears throat> you know, the, the military trains you up to be this level of person and sends you out into a place that that's perfect for, but you don't get untrained to, to re-enter civilian society. You just get dumped back in. We're getting deep here, people. It's it's hardcore. All well, right. We're going to have to slog through the same stuff here, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So just to let you guys know, it's a, it's a little bit dark. Uh, it's a little intense, but that's how we want it. We want this to be something, you know, all art and writing and poetry is a reflection of life and those feelings that sometimes can't be expressed in normal ways. So sometimes you put it through stories that are easier to, to relate to and comprehend for, for the majority of people. And that's kind of what. So, um, yeah, the next two lines, of course, just reinforces, uh, so, you know, smoldering hatred enveloped his eyes. He starts seeing everything through this kind of angry filter, um, uh, cause he had lost all his friends and, yeah, all all of his comrades in arms and his king is over there drinking beer and laughing and they just got forgotten too quickly and he felt that Oberon had hadn't done his duty as a king to remember these people and to support the people um, as he should have. That Fey society, it's not that they didn't want to try and understand or anything else. They've got to go about their lives too. They can't just stop. Right. Right. For him. And they and he, and he understands that. But at the same time, it's hard to swallow. And it's a yeah. difficult it's a difficult pill to put down. Right. And in this case, with with what Tatiana did to him, there's no way for him to put it down. No. Yeah, there's there's I mean, it by itself would have been traumatizing and difficult. But with that extra piece of like just corruption in there and anger that just came from her, um, I think that also helped him focus all of his anger and betrayal towards Oberon because that's leftover feelings from Tatiana as well because she know he did she knows he did that to her. Oh yeah. And I think that helped just uh, what it did is instead of Malachi just having these angry feelings about what happened, they all become very very focused on Oberon and everything Oberon did is just awful. Right. Which is what Oberon needed to disperse. He needed to get rid of that. So yeah. he focuses it back on, with this poem, he focuses it back on Malachi. It's Malachi's uh, corruption. It's Malachi's evil. It's, and that's what this is about. Yeah, this is a fable, and this is also kind of uh, the fairy propaganda. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a big way. 
Yeah. Malachi starts to scheme because he's, you know, this hatred is just building and building and he's focusing more and more on Oberon and he's like, oh, what an idiot. And I'm sure that Oberon has to notice that Malachi is starting to distance himself and become a little more like secreted in his room and just. Or talking behind his back, making whispers, I'm pulling because he pulls up a coup. He he right. literally gets all the fairy guard or uh, a large following of people. A lot of his troops, yeah, a lot of the people, because he is the general, so I'm sure. He's also the prince. The, the, he has a following of people. But the populace yeah. probably rose up with him. Oh, especially those who had lost their, their you loved know. ones in battle yep. and everything else. And he got them. He got them all together and said, look, something's not right with Oberon. Tatiana's I mean they, they don't even know like maybe they they feel something because they can't mention Tatiana because they've been I don't even know if it's wipe or maybe glamored to not think about it maybe it makes it so they just yeah, avoid like thinking that. about it yeah because I mean I think that, that that's a good way to do it because wiping their minds entirely uh, doesn't work for us later I think the whole just every time they start to go towards something similar than that their mind just slips away from it and they can't quite remember exactly. but there's definitely feelings so maybe they start to attach those feelings to what Malachi is saying yes and they think, oh, well, maybe that's it. That's why I'm feeling so, you know, whatever. Exactly. So they turn it basically, They instead of attaching those feelings of loss and everything for Tatiana, they attach it to Malachi and what he's been through. Right. Um, yeah. and, and in other words, he, he gets he gathers an army and, and tries to overthrow Oberon. And they think they succeed at some point. Yeah. Um, but either Oberon... You know, and I want to I focus on that scene um, here, too, because there's two things. You know, the poem is very broad, right? Yes. It talks about how the how he he did succeed, or at least it seemed he did, and then Oberon rose from death. Um, so I'd love to really paint that scene in a way that, I don't know, maybe Oberon glamoured someone else to look like him, and Malachi came and slit his throat. For the purposes of this, for the fable of Malachi in this instance, we're going to make it look like Malachi betrayed him, slit his throat, stabbed him, something in that direction. But remember, it's yeah. kind of a kid's book, too. We want them to be interested in it. So we're going to show it in a way that uh, Malachi betrayed right. his kid. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. No, for the for the poem book, I'm definitely going to do a single image, maybe with just uh, maybe Oberon's just lying on the floor, but you can't see anything. And, oh, and Malachi is, like, triumphantly raising his sword with guards around him. Yes. You can make them yes. look all dark and But nasty, for the sake you know. of this podcast, which I don't think the kids are going to listen to, could we get some gory details about uh, about this overthrow? Because I would love to know how it happened. Sure. I'd love to have a vindictive moment from Malachi as he like looks in Oberon's eyes and said, it's your fault, as he like slowly... like. Huh. Well, we can make this a book. It'll easily come later on. So, so what I had envisioned is that he had mortally wounded Oberon, but Oberon escaped. And so he figured, oh, Oberon's just going to run away in this instance. So he maybe drove a sword, like like how he drew it, through, yeah. drove it through the bird. And so in that instance, he he you know he locked eyes and drove a sword through Oberon because there's going to be a battle again in the Fey realms. I mean, it's just right. battle after battle until things Bounds are worked out um, and put yeah, exactly because things are going to go crazy until that balance is restored. Um, so in that instance, he's going to do something vicious and vile. <laughs> Malachi's not going to be, you know, what he thinks right. he is, the good guy. He is, but it's still just... I've got this image in my head. So Oberon, because um, we, we want Oberon to seem like the victim, but also super intelligent enough to survive this kind of thing. So what I'd, I'd like um, yes. uh, is this image of maybe like oh, Malachi sneaking into his royal chambers after a hearty party. And there's maybe like some some you know ladies draped across the bed or the floor or whatever, and he's sleeping. And Malachi comes in with the guards and they surround him. And then Malachi just 
has the sword over him and he like, you know, presses it to his stomach or chest or whatever. And, um, you know, Oberon wakes up and he like, you know, they lock eyes and Malachi says something dramatic and then drives it through him. And it looks very much, that's such a dramatic scene. Oberon draped across his royal bed with the sword sticking out of him and, you know, Malachi turning to the yeah. guards because, you know, Oberon maybe looked at the guards and was like, help me. I am your king. And they just look at Malachi and Malachi goes, not anymore, you know, and he goes through with it. But I, I really like this kind of, um, the main reason I like this whole bedroom idea is because Malachi's going to have a bad hit, a bad rap with bedrooms and sleeping people. And I really liked the symmetry of that. And well, you'll people listening, yeah. you'll discover this later on what the what symmetry I'm referring to. But do you see what I mean? Yes, so, yes, very um, much so. I don't know. But what do you think about that? I like it. And in fact, back to your earlier point earlier, uh, Oberon knows. Maybe he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen, but he yeah. kind of knows this is coming. And since there was infighting and everything else, so maybe he prepares for it. Has a body double, which would be a lot easier. And so when when he goes to stab the guy, Oberon probably goes, no, no, wait. You know, and then and then dies. Well, he was trying yeah. to say, "I'm oh, not Oberon." Be great, you know, like, whoa, and, just, whoa, whoa. and yeah, have just like a decoy in there that Oberon sacrifices. Malachi talking to the masses, proclaiming he's you know king or whatever. Oberon steps out on the balcony behind him with a you know a sword to his throat, and people see that Oberon is still alive. And then maybe there are troops that Oberon has gathered, and they come up behind the people who betrayed him. And they gather them up, and it's a surprise, you know, a coup to the coup. Yeah, and he gathers all those people up that showed up for that, and those are the yeah. ones he shoved through the portal. You guys going to dissent? And it was basically a giant trap to get everybody in one spot. He gathered all the people together, and he had Malachi right there, and it was a perfect show because he can now show everyone that he's defeated Malachi and outsmarted him and blah, 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 blah. So he, he, you know, and so the people are disheartened and they're surrounded so they can't escape and they can't, they have no leader. That perfectly explains what's going on and why in that instance. Oberon knows that this cannot be fixed with glamoring. It can't be fixed with magic. It will yeah. continue to happen, which is why he made the decision to do what he did. I'm not going to be able to keep my throne and do what I'm doing if I don't get rid of these people. And I can't have them recycled back in. They're just going to remember what right. happened. Right. So I do want to talk about that because remember, the, the so the the Fae recycle in a reincarnation kind of way because what they are is essentially pure energy. So when they die, it's not like they actually die. They simply kind of come back as um, lesser Fae. And I don't know if we've decided whether or not to have them have children or if they just come back as smaller Fae and then build up energy over time to evolve into bigger Fae. I don't, we haven't really decided, I don't think. So do they have children? Because I mean, I thought that was the point why Tatiana loved children so much is because Fae don't have children. They just recycle their energy into new beings. Which is a good idea. But how would, and we'd have to go through and figure out how they pop out new beings or maybe there's a production center that happens like, you know, that pops things out. But I mean, since. Well, so one of the one of these books I've read that I really love, one of these major beings does die. And what happens is, is that his body disintegrates into um, a kind of like stardust stuff, but it reforms yes. into 20 or so tiny little fairies. And then uh, as time goes on, um, as the longer you live, the more energy you collect. And but the problem is, is that you have a cast system yeah and that they have to be recycled in and then reborn so perhaps um perhaps there's nothing as specific as children but perhaps when two fey love each other very much they uh (laughs) they i don't know i mean what if there's to where they're not assigned but it's just like like the the great mother is randomly selecting them and they are placed with a family as a smaller person there's no children per se but there are like child 
like Faye. So we're making we can make it like a like a like a beehive type of deal. The the royal cast serves two purposes: uh, connection to the Earth realm and uh, guidance of the Fae and reproduction of the Fae. So like they they not reproduce Fae, but they where they are maybe in the royal cast. That's where the new Fae come from. Also a birthing section oh. or whatever. We're gonna have to play with yeah. You see what I'm saying? You know There's what I want to do? I want to I want to take a look at mythology a little bit more to see what it does because we've been referencing pretty heavily um, actual mythology for the Fae, and I'd love to see more what they have for it. Because you know, I I like your idea yeah. of almost like a central place where they just kind of come out and they kind of get assigned to families, I guess. But it's got to be something that's tied into the right. magic itself that it that right. it meets up and joins so they could produce. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like that. I, I think I think that should be more of a, a great mother thing to where the the control isn't in one particular pair of hands, but the great mother has an automatic system that that kind of distributes them. Um, so when someone dies, the energy is broken up into different places. Well, what I'm saying is, is there's a there's a there's a there's cash of the energy up here, okay? And when it reaches a certain point of fairies dying and going in, then filling up that cash, it then empties. I out kind the of other like end. that, so it can create balance. So if there's not enough, I, I do like that cash idea. We gotta. So so the thing is, is like I I don't know if I want it to be in the in the royal section though. I feel like there should be a cast yeah. that's literally purpose the the purpose of that particular cast and a very small cast is to raise children or uh watch over this cachet of um new souls or whatever that are coming out you know what i mean but at the same time so then we don't have any traditional family structure in this society we just have there's no purpose for people to get together except for you know for fun so there's no there's no um we're gonna have to structure the fae then and then we're gonna have to figure out what their family value are so maybe their cast is their family okay i, I mean i like that i do like that idea so maybe when they're growing up because they don't discover their cast or their wings until they reach essentially puberty for them which i don't know what age we decided but maybe before that they live in not quite an orphanage but a child oh what if we just have a place no, 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 I've got that an idea, I've got an idea. Cast. So what if um, all the children, so somebody dies, you're right, there's this cachet, the great mother decides, uh, depending on what the world is doing at the time, how many people should be there, and it pumps them out whenever they're kind of needed or keeps them when they don't need as much. What if there's just a place in the forest where these, um, so remember changelings, these wild little fairy creatures that are just living in the forest, and they're just super wild, but then they hit puberty, they are assigned a cast, and they go into this place to to be assigned, and they, they are drawn to their cast by their their um, whatever, but until then they literally live as little wildlings in the forest surrounding the uh, the area, and it's, it's until they kind of pick up a soul yeah. So they all in just because so, there's a ton of mythology about these small childlike creatures that are supposed to be fae, and they're just they run around wild through the forest. They have no real purpose. They're very mischievous. They're not good or bad. But they live there, and then maybe yeah. when they hit their puberty, they get cast, their wings sprout, and they must leave. No, when they are cast, when the great mother decides, oh. okay, we need more, it then conflagrates on these children and produces a new fairy. Oh, that's perfect then, because then like the souls of the fairies that died can enter into this new little child, which develops it, and then it gets cast as the new thing. But in the meantime, there's this tribe of wild children that are kind of soulless. Well, yeah, and, and uh, or, or it's kind of like a, uh, a butterfly thing, okay? You have your you have your caterpillar, right. you have your chrysalis, and whatever, but we're going to cut off the chrysalis episode. You right. have a caterpillar with a butterfly, and then, and then all of a sudden they know when a new fairy has become a new fairy because the child yes. – Will wander out 
of the forest because it right. doesn't fit in with them anymore and I love comes it. to the I fairies. Love it. That works so great with the changeling thing too, because changelings are these weird creatures that look like children but don't act the right way, and they stumble into our world occasionally. Yes. And so maybe occasionally Tatiana grabs some kids and she's like, ah, you know, I feel kind of bad because they're gonna miss it. Plucks one of those childrens and dumps it over there, and it's just this creepy little wild thing. And it works also because then it means that the fae are kind of like the angels and demons in that they're kind of ephemeral. But they kind of get put together, and when they reach in through the 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 backs of these children, right. so they're obviously going to have these that right. central node too. That's when it activates, and they're they're essentially doing what the angels and demons do, but only with this child tribe. Oh, that's so instead great. of making humans, they made this little group, and they keep that little. Oh my group. gosh! So they're, so they're like self sufficient oh, because they have to be because their role in this giant cosmic game. Man, well that means that angels, demons, and yeah, they are all they the same are. thing. They they're are. Isn't that of, what we established? Kind of produced or corrupted yeah. or different races. So, yeah. I mean, in the end, yeah. it's all, all just this energy that's been dispersed in different ways. So instead of doing the humans and letting the humans go and do what they want and developing that thing they just kept them as soulless little children that don't ever really grow up and just yeah. when they get that and when that fairy when the next fae and it's amalgamation so and, and i think that's the difference between the fae and the angels and demons is they actually go back in that cache and then get changed into a different type they of... just remember yeah so the fae i i like this idea of like think two people died i would like a little bit of this person and a little bit of this person to be combined into a new body well, it's a little bit of all of them. They go in that cache and so they all mix angels up. Angels and demons, they, there's no cache for them. They just go directly into a vessel and they remember, yeah, cut out the middleman. Yes. Yeah. And they're just the same thing. So the Fae is trying to create a better experiment that has all these different experiences into one to try to get it better and better and better. Whereas the angels and demons are stagnant. They're they're steady. They're the control group. Whereas the uh, there's a lot of different things going on. But I like that. In fact, that's what it could be right. is a giant control group. There's one set on this planet and that's why the things right. are reversed the, the planet that's just to see how right. this one turns right, right, out right. it's a mirror image out. and so and and the the humans are an unintended side effect of their experiment whereas the fae have come become very self-sufficient in their whole thing well they kept their their yeah. bodies that they use okay they kept them in a, in a certain state yeah. and kept them that way because they change whereas the humans yeah. aren't the ones changing and the angels and demons are the ones that don't it's a They're great stagnant. it is a very mirror reflective kind of thing you know what i mean it's it's great yeah and then it answers a lot of questions too but then we also have this issue does that means uh, because the fae are like this they can't yeah. jump out of the bodies but because the angels and demons are they can jump out of the bodies because they can keep that cohesiveness yeah. on their particles yeah. whereas the fae don't do that they just take yeah. over body and, and they stuff. and they don't know anyway because they're a mixture of different personalities and energies all put into a new body. Right, it's a different exactly, and that's why the cast system happens because what happens is that new person will get a certain right. amount of the other cast and they'll become they'll be like, oh okay, I'm this because I enjoy doing this and I enjoy doing this because right, right, it's right. No, that's good. That's good. I like. I well, maybe maybe not if they have more of one cast or another, but maybe it's just to to maybe the ultimate purpose is to recycle as much as possible and get as much experience as possible. It's like uh, acquiring data, and the great mother's trying to figure out this yeah. issue, and this is a way of acquiring data by putting it as in, in as many different circumstances as possible. And so it just it yes. kind of either randomly selects or realizes, like it does with the population, whether they need more builders or they need more royalty or they need a different change of whatever. Yes, and this is why Oberon cuts out those people. He doesn't want those people, those experiences being yes. recycled back yes. in. And that's yeah, that was a great circle that. around. I like that side story. But so the thing is, is remember we talked about how Oberon is uh, slightly corrupted, and that's why, and the balance is undone because he kicks Tatiana out, 
Puck is is scrambling yes. to try to restore it, but he's having a rough time. And Oberon, who whose normal yes. instinct should be as royalty, is his instinct should be to keep that balance and make sure those souls are kept. But he's 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 unbalanced and not insane. He doesn't quite. He's not like going crazy or anything. He just doesn't have his balancing factor, which is Tatiana and Puck. And so he kicks those fairies out, yep. and it starts to. I feel like it should definitely impact um, their their pool of 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 the fae because these these souls are being corrupted and not being recycled as they should have been and that is furthering uh the unbalance which i think is what al- is allowing the conduit more access because things are getting tilted the wrong way maybe if we bring the the dead back so maybe tatiana keeps her brother keeps her brother's body and those of the uh the fingernail trolls and brings them back and if they bring them to the sacred grove or whatever they can get recycled back in because they're in close contact with the mother yeah she's not only trying to retake her position but she knows that that is what she has to do she like there's something maybe even she doesn't know but there's a deep instinct as royalty to make sure her people to bury her those Ooh, bodies what if there? we have the place for the changelings the the children where they live is right to a fairy graveyard in the forest or they're both one and the same thing like the graveyard right. is the entrance to the yeah which also gives way to a really horrible thing that Uh-oh. happened on the podcast they went through and decided that tatiana should convince the fingernail trolls to strap themselves with iron bombs since the fae are allergic to iron and to run in and be small suicide squads oh sad face so much sad face so, so they're gonna. Oh God, how are they gonna convince? So, are they at least going into the Fey realms before they explode? Well, here's here's what we talked about. They've been cut off from the Great Mother. They've been living in in basically a trash heap. And then we talked about. Well, are they are are they breeding with each other? Are they trying to have kids? Are they trying to do yeah. that? Well, probably not. Okay. They can't access the the thing they need to do that anyway. So they're just kind of living in misery. They don't have the food. They don't have access to magic. They don't have. Oh, they're so miserable. So they're literally just, their only high is stealing from these little children then, isn't it? Basically, that's how they get high and how they find happiness. And so what I'm saying is, is maybe this offers a way for them to get not only revenge for somebody doing this to them, but I mean, it kind of makes a lot of sense. They've lost everything. Well, I mean, the one redeeming factor, I think the only reason Tatiana would agree to it is because she knows as long as they're in the Fey realm when they die, they recycle. But they don't, they're cut off from their wings. Well, maybe. Okay. That's what I'm saying is we're going to find out that their bodies, when they're buried there, the, the, the ground itself is going to resaturate and pull that and do that. And that's what I'm hoping with when she's going to find out with Malachi because they've never done this before. They've never been having to deal with this process. Where, But I'm sure something something was built in to the system to recognize right. something like this happened. So they have they have a like a – and again, this is going to fall down to instinct. They're going to do this instinctually to right. bury them in this area. Okay, and they're going to do this on instinct, and then it's going to happen that way. They're going to get recycled in the grave. Maybe Malachi's spirit will rise out of the grave at that point when she finally gets to bury him, and he'll go, "Thank you, sister." And then, and then, well, I, away. so the a big thing with the myths about the Fae is that they typically have their their spirits or whatever connected to trees. There's a, a very big connection between nature and them, right? So maybe these graveyards are not what we yes. would consider a graveyard with the the those headstones but instead it's forest groves and that's where the children also grow up because that's where all the souls are so it's just a thick crazy forest in that so maybe the the children come out of the trees and they take the dead bodies of the fingernail trolls and place them against the trees and they kind and they of accept absorb them, back them in into it. and i would yeah but i do like this idea yes. of malachi kind of talking to tatiana one last time like she i would love if there's like a royal tree 
that she takes him to specifically. Yeah. And it's just this huge one in the middle of this dense forest. And she has to go alone and she has to take it. And, and she takes him in there and she places him on the boughs and it takes him in. Or maybe he morphs into the tree himself as a branch of this royal tree. And she gets to communicate with him yeah. that way. You know what I mean? I think that would be Just one last. And it would be a good redemption for Malachi because, God, I've, I've been hating so having him. He gets so up. Like... This poor guy. This poor Poor guy. He gets so messed up. And here we can find, in this instance, he can get some redemption. He can get some, I'm at peace. And, you know, and not expect it either, because the audience is like, oh, it sucks, man. And now at that, they'll get that one little high. Yeah, you know, that's actually one more thing I wanted to talk to you about, because we've been talking about this unbalance between Tatiana and Oberon. And I don't know if you want to do this um, after the battle's done and Tatiana and Oberon are, are restored as they as they. Yeah. So if you if yes. you do that, everything's restored. Everything's okay. The last thing is Malachi. What I really wanted to do was, um, I feel like the royalty cast is typically very rare. There should only be one child, because that child is the direct heir. But Malachi is a weird anomaly, yeah. and that's why I like him so much. Is because he becomes this key as the as the heir, and I think that the balance gets restored at the end of Tatiana with the war, but it's not fully restored until Malachi goes back into where he should be in this system. I mean, any any body, any soul that's not part of recycled back in throws it off. But I think Malachi should have a larger chunk than most people. The only reason I I disagree with there should only be one royalty. I I, I agree that it should be a very small cast. The only reason I disagree is because it's gonna the system needs a failsafe. So if one of those children die, if anything, they should have two or three princes at all times because if one dies, but I mean there we, we've set up the Fae as these creatures that are just they live for thousands of years and they are super hard yes. to kill. I mean, and they're isolated in this perfect little kingdom that nothing can really touch them in. So I feel like the because we keep talking about the Great Mother knowing when balance needs to be there. So maybe it's not unheard of, but I think she put Malachi there for a reason. And the only reason that the royalty has more than one child typically is because something big is about to happen and the great mother wants to have that fail safe, like you said. But traditionally, oh, because it feels unbalanced. But typically, the great mother t only does one because it knows that things are going to be fine and that it's going to be smooth. So typically, it's only like one, one, one. But if but people know if there's two royal heirs, something is exactly, and that's right how ahead. they they kind of. Together, they have an instinct for, for the future. Now, that's, you know I mean? that's a good idea. And so in this instance, maybe they thought Malachi, you know, he was trained as a general. He's really high up. They thought maybe, you know, if anything happens to Tatiana or whatever, Malachi would take over. But it turns out Malachi is instead this crux to restore Tatiana. And it turned out different than what is typically happening. Yeah, and we messed up on something. If we do the, uh, the Faye birthing this way... So they find the children, the whole them dying and poofing. I mean, that's okay. I, I think they can still, um, I think their wings are the things that disintegrate and the bodies will stay. So their main soul goes back, but the final part is to connect the bodies in there. Well, some of the stories I had written and some of the stuff I had was because kind of the way the king and the queen died, because you can't do oh. uh, body analysis trying to figure easy, out what easy happened. Easy solution, easy solution. If you're in the Fey realms, the magic there and the great mother there takes care of it for you, and you poof, because that's where you're supposed to be. 
And but you still have the funeral procession yeah. to pay respect to the trees and have that final kind of resting place, especially for royalty. Well, the Great Mother is essentially Earth, okay? Because it's it, everything right. is coded in this stuff, so the Earth is going to be basically a second Great Mother. And what I was saying with the magic being different on two places is because maybe the firmware or whatever was updated differently, and and the right. things were interacting differently. So that 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 could yeah. Be well, I'm thinking for the fingernail trolls and Malachi in the human world, they don't have access to the Great Mother, so this. This one is not built or designed to take them and recycle them to where it should be. This, yeah, this, it, it has no does. connection whatsoever. So only once they're back in the Fey realms does that automatic programming kick in and recycle them back to where they should be. Um, and because it hasn't happened in such a long time where one of these bodies hasn't disintegrated, they think that, oh, it's just been kept out and Malachi's stuck like this. And that's why right. she's so grieving by it. And she brings his body back. And then, it, and then you know what? That's actually perfect because what happens is since the wings are removed, which is that automatic recognition for the Great Mother to realize that this soul needs to be recycled, since those were taken out, it doesn't recognize them. And so they have to be uh, placed hardwired. Hard, hard installed because if the Wi-Fi has been cut off, the so they have to actually – Trees are their hardwire. Welcome. You glad I'm okay, here? Okay, that That's works. Right. Uh, no, I am. I am imagination extraordinaire. Can I put that on my resume? Oh yeah, you can put a uh, you can put a mouse <laughs> on there for all. <laughs> you have been listening to Story Arc. I'm Trevor Sutton. If you like the show, subscribe and check us out on Facebook at Fay Realms and our Twitter at Stoic Tales One. Please leave comments and be a part of the show. Thank you.